One of the biggest things about silver that just blew me away is how versatile it is. Whether we're talking about boosting the immune system, so supporting immunity, or we're talking about healing and regeneration. Like it's great that um, there's a GI protocol for healing up the gut. I was just coming down with a cold. Here I have a four day, you know, big conference to go through and it was huge bummer. So he said, here, here's a silver, here's a spray. You can spray into your eye, you have a nasal spray, and then you have a liquid form that you can hold under your tongue. He said, do this every 15 minutes. So I did that that afternoon. Next right. morning when I woke up, I was completely free of symptoms. Silver can start by supporting the immune system where things like antibiotics actually deplete the immune system, actually kill off our beneficial bacteria. Silver supports immune function by supporting white blood cells. Welcome to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. This is where I have a chance to share with you some of the latest developments in the space of holistic health, longevity, and wellness. I have always honored intellectual curiosity and scientific rigor combined with real world practicality. My goal is that what you learn here will help you live longer and live better. Hope you enjoy the journey with me. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Joy Kong podcast. Um, I'm really excited today to introduce to you the subject of silver to be used therapeutically. Um, to enhance your health in multiple ways. I've learned about silver some when I first got into the anti-aging field some seven years ago and realized that this is a, a very exciting subject and can have so many benefits to our health. So today I've invited a expert on the subject of silver. So you will learn a lot about the history, the science, and what kind of products really is the most beneficial for you. So I want to welcome Dr. Edward Griffin to my show. Dr. Griffin, thank you so much for being here. Joy, thank you so much for having me. Um, it, it's such a pleasure to be here and chat with you. And I love talking about silver to people. That And I get so excited about it too, because like you mentioned, <laughs> the anti-aging benefits that are out there. Oh, that's there. fantastic. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. So let me introduce you a little bit to the audience. So Dr. Griffin is a naturopathic doctor. He received his degree uh, in Arizona um, from the uh, now called uh, uh, Sonoran. Is that, did I say it right? <laughs> yep, it's now called the Sonoran University of Health Sciences. Yeah. And he spent four years teaching general education program in ultrasound and MRI program in Phoenix. He had developed his passion for education and teaching. His own health challenges actually led him down the path of nutritional healing through naturopathic medicine, and that drove his passion for helping others in their personal quests for optimal health and, and health journey. So. Uh, Dr. Griffin, I would um, I love personal stories. So yeah, I, I think that's um, part of what makes us who we are. And uh, and even if we're talking about science, I always want to know what drove this passion for the science behind it. So maybe you can share a little bit of uh, you know what your your journey is and how you were driven into natural natural approaches for health. That, that's a perfect segue kind of into where I want to go with this too, is let me tell you a little bit about myself, you know, to start out with is I was, I grew up in Western New York, so near Buffalo, New York, and I had never heard of this thing called naturopathic medicine. So um, I went through high school, standard American diet, living the American lifestyle like most Americans do these days, and not knowing about optimal health and nutrition specifically. And so when I was about 18, graduated high school, went off to college, I started having some health issues and not really understanding or knowing why. And I don't want to get too deep into all, all the things that happened, but I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis at 18 years old. So at 18 years old, ulcerative colitis, I had to leave school for a little while and then when I did finally go back, I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I got an associate's degree in general studies from a community college. But then I finished and I still didn't know what to do. So I did a lot of odd jobs, figuring things out, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, deciding I wanted to go back for psychology. So I became a psychology major and started pursuing the mind connection with health and how beneficial the mind can be. 
And then it was in one of my psychology classes that I heard about mind-body medicine, and I first heard the term naturopath. Mm -hmm. And it was about this woman, and here we're gonna, I'm gonna date myself here, is they wheeled in the cart and the video and play, you know, put in a, I think it was a, a, a video cassette. <laughs> and uh, we were watching, yeah, just dated myself here. So uh, put on this video and it talked about this woman who had cancer and was going to an alternative oncologist and started practicing naturopathic ideology. And so that kind of sparked my mind. And this was around 2000, so 2000, 2001. And it's piqued my interest of what is this naturopath thing? Early days of the internet, mind you, again, 2000, I went back to my dorm room and my roommate had a computer. I spent the next 12 hours, no joke, 12 hours from the afternoon I got out of class until it was like three o'clock in the morning researching everything I could find about this word naturopath. And come to find out there were only at the time five schools in North America, uh, including one in Canada, four in the United States that did naturopathic medicine. And that's my, that's my aha moment is I'm going to school to be this naturopath. I'm going to take on this psychological, the mind, but also the physical health and combine those things. So after dealing with ulcerative colitis for many years, I found myself treating myself more than most doctors were able to treat me by changing my diet and lifestyle. And one of the things that a lot of doctors, especially if we're talking about GI health, a lot of the doctors don't tell you most of the medications for GI complaints only working about a third of the population. So I was trying every medication that I was given by my GI doc and I did better simply by watching my diet. And I, I found a book called, it was called The Specific Carbohydrate Diet by Elaine Gottschall is where it kind of really sparked. And I started following this diet and I was able to kind of heal up my GI tract a little bit. Now, jump forward a little bit further. I had more GI problems. I did not quite, I, I tell people all the time, I wish I had met somebody like me about five or 10 years sooner. In health, there's often this health continuum where you can get too far on a path where it's difficult to recover from an illness. And at my point, I had actually gotten to the point where I had dysplasia in my colon. Mm -hmm. So my ulcerative colitis led to dysplasia in my colon. So for people and who don't know, that's a change in your in your cell, in, in the DNA, and it's gotten dysfunctional where it's going towards precancerous um, state. Exactly. So when we're talking dysplasia, that's a precancer. So I had right. precancer. So that's when my doctors, and I didn't know any better at the time, decided we're going to take out your colon. So I had a complete proctocolectomy. That means my whole large intestine removed. Mm. And then they did a iliopouch anal anastomosis, which is they take the end of the ileum, the last part of the small intestine, and reattach it. And so I really thrive to help people heal before they get to where I got in their journey. And I think that's really important about when, when I talk about naturopathic medicine and the preventative nature, we can't be perfect. And I'm going to tell everybody right now is I am not perfect and I don't strive to be perfect. I love cheeseburgers. I <laughs> love the occasional beer. You know, it's, 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 we got to live life still, but when I'm treating an illness, when I'm working with an illness, we have to be very cognizant of taking out the garbage, is remove those obstacles to cure, is what we like to call them, is take away the things that are causing the damage and repair our GI tract, especially our GI tract, because over 70% of our immune system is in the GI tract. So, I mean, that's my story a little bit and what yeah. drove me this way. And how did you come upon Silver? Was it during your naturopathic school that they started talking about it? I'd never really heard about it when I was in school, but it was afterwards. Um, I actually worked as a nutritional health coach. Um, if, if you're familiar with the chain Natural Grocers, I still love Natural Grocers. Um, they, in a lot of their stores, they have a nutritional health coach. So people can come in shopping supplements and ask questions to a nutritionist, or I at the time was a naturopath doctor working in a store, 
And I learned so much about silver products and so much about all kinds of supplements. While you're going through medical school, even naturopathic medical school, you're so busy learning about all the diseases that you don't necessarily have time to focus on everything else. And uh, one of my, um, I guess one of my upperclassmen or recent graduates when I was still in school, there's like, you think you have it tough now, wait till you graduate. That's when the learning curve really goes up because mm. now you're on your own. You got to do that self-study. All the things that you're interested in now, you've got that backbone in medicine. How do we fix things? How do we heal things? Yeah. So, so what was striking to you about silver? Like, did, did did it catch your interest right away? Yeah. One of the biggest things about silver that just blew me away is how versatile it is. Mm. And I think that's the biggest thing that I lean to when I'm talking about silver, whether we're talking about boosting the immune system, so supporting immunity, or we're talking about healing and regeneration. Like it, it's great that um, there's a GI protocol for healing up the gut. So not only do we need to take out the garbage when we're trying to heal up the gut, but now we need to support the healing of the GI tract. Once you heal up the GI tract, your skin gets better, your health gets better, you start absorbing. Um, we've all heard the old adage, you are what you eat. Mm. I want to take it back a step. You are what you absorb from what you eat. And we could take that back even further for the people that are carnivores. You are what you absorb from what you eat absorbed. So, <laughs> okay. So if the animal is raised properly, you can now get more from it. Naturally. So silver can help heal the gut, you're, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Let me get into a little bit of the history and we'll get talking about silver a little bit here. So history has been used for over 2,400 years. So it was first talked about in medicine with Hippocrates, the father of modern medicine. And he wrote about it and used it to promote wound healing. So it's so beneficial. It can actually speed up wound healing by as much as a third. How were they using silver? Oh, they were using silver just topically is where they started it for wound healing. And so I believe does they the made, metal, didn't the metal itself? I think what they were doing is they were starting to use like a colloidal silver. And it was, mm -hmm. they didn't necessarily understand the microbiology and what a colloid was but they were making these silver solutions or even things like silver nitrate. And that's where we kind of moved forward. But even far, as far back as the ancient Greeks, ancient Romans, ancient Egyptians, they put their water in silver drinking vessels, silver goblets. And it wasn't just a sign of wealth, but they didn't understand, but they knew that when they drank out of silver vessels or their water was kept in a silver vessel, that it didn't taste bad. So it actually tasted better. It didn't grow algae. It didn't have bacteria growing in it. Again, they didn't understand microbiology at the time, but that's where it started. And then let's jump forward a little bit to like the 1300s, the, the middle ages. And we have things like the bubonic plague. And this is where I'm starting to lean towards born with a silver spoon. And the idea of using silver utensils came from is born with a silver spoon was not only a sign of wealth, but a sign of health. Mm. The people that were eating with silver utensils were not getting as sick or didn't get, didn't even catch the plague sometimes because of the antimicrobial properties contained in that silver. So babies were often gifted a silver rattle or a sil or silver spoons to eat with. And it was that silver in the mouth, those microparticles coming off that promoted immune system and yeah, supported the white blood cells. I wish my parents gave me a silver spoon. <laughs> we should make that a practice today of giving every infant a silver spoon. Right. And as we're feeding baby food, making it at home, why not use silver spoons? Huh. And so pretty amazing. But jump into the 1880s, the Civil War into World War One, World War II, silver nitrate was carried on the battlefields by soldiers because the silver nitrate would help stop infections. So pretty amazing. And then even in the 1880s, silver nitrate first began usage in infants in their eyes. So during a vaginal birth, sometimes bacteria would get into the eyes, drops of silver nitrate were put in the eyes to prevent any infections. And they're actually still using silver nitrate in eyes today. So pretty amazing. Jump into the 1960s, 
silver became the standard of care for burn centers worldwide. So here we're talking about something called silver sulfadiazine, or you may have heard of silvadine cream. So mm -hmm. silver is the standard of care because of antimicrobial and wound healing properties in hospitals all over the world. So why are we so afraid of silver in its purest, cleanest form when we're using things like silvadine and silver nitrate in medicine all over the place? Jump up, let's go to the 1990s. We're now using silver in NASA, is using it for water purification in the space shuttle and the International Space Station. Jump into the 2000, silver is found in all kinds of hospital linens, catheters, um, IV lines are impregnated with silver because of the antimicrobial benefits. Um, there's actually a company out there that sells silver lined pillowcases at, because of its antimicrobial as an acne treatment. Mm. So there's so many uses of silver. It, it, it's just mind blowing that uh, we get afraid of using something so simple. And how about even into dentistry? Think about amalgam fillings. Now, this is also where silver got a little bit of a bad reputation, but it wasn't because of silver. It was because of the silver colored mercury. So there's a difference, and I'll talk about this in a minute, between a toxic heavy metal and a beneficial heavy metal. Mm -hmm. And that's where, again, silver got kind of a bad reputation there because of the silver color that was associated with mercury. So <laughs> silver being beneficial was now decreased efficacy and actually caused harm with mercury being added to it. So that's a little bit of the history. Let's get into talking about the science and what it does, how it works. Great. So silver can start by supporting the immune system where things like antibiotics actually deplete the immune system, actually kill off our beneficial bacteria. Silver supports immune function by supporting white blood cells. We've also heard of this thing called a cytokine storm. And that's something that a lot of people got scared of, uh, especially in the last few years, um, mm -hmm. this cytokine storm. Well, it might cause a cytokine storm. They use this term to scare people, but what is a cytokine storm? First of all, let's talk about the white blood cells. Silver helps to accelerate the maturation activity of white blood cells, and this helps to control the inflammation. So. Inflammation is the root cause of all disease. If we can decrease inflammation, we can support healing, even through our white blood cells, through our normal immune system. Silver also uh, increases the white blood cells' ability to attract, intercept, and even disable harmful microbes. It also helps to activate something called ROS, or reactive oxygen species. So reactive oxygen species are our body's natural biological disinfectant. Our normal cells have a an onboard antioxidant system. So it protects from these ROSs, but abnormal cells, pathogenic cells are now killed off by these reactive oxygen species. So in both supporting our white blood cells, but now creating these ROSs to kill off pathogenic or poorly dividing cells, we're supporting our immune system. Let's jump to the cytokine storm piece. Cytokine storm, so first of all, what's a cytokine? Well, a cytokine is just a small protein particle within our body, and they're both anti-inflammatory and pro-inflammatory. So this cytokine storm that we talk about is when we get too many pro-inflammatory compounds and not enough anti-inflammatory compounds. Now this can happen when your body goes kind of overboard and starts attacking its own cells. That's what a cytokine storm is. So we, we've heard of lymphokines. We're familiar with chemokines. Um, most people are familiar with like interleukins. They might've heard a doctor say that. So like interleukins, those are cytokines. But we want to increase the anti-inflammatory cytokines while decreasing the pro-inflammatory cytokines. And this is what silver does at what we'll call the point of foci. So if we stick with that word point of foci, this is why silver can be beneficial all over the body and has so many different uses. This point of foci treatment is what we're looking at. So let's go into now, which 
part of the amazingness of silver is its antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal ability. So it's killing off all types of pathogenic type material. So it does it similarly, whether we're talking about a virus, a bacteria, bacteria or a fungi, is that it starts by coating the outside. A lot of things can't replicate if they can't attach, especially viruses. So a virus, for those of you that don't know, a virus needs a host to replicate. If you can stop the virus from attaching, it cannot replicate. So it binds to the outer coat. It now starts working its way. Silver works its way in through the protein coat, basically punching holes in the outer membrane of the virus and now attaching permanently to the DNA or RNA of that virus, rendering it unable to replicate. So not only can it not attach, but silver bound to the RNA or DNA, depending on the type of virus, stops the virus from replicating. Now it is virucidal. So this is how it is an antiviral. Antiparasitic? It has some antiparasitic properties and working in a similar way. Mm -hmm. um, same with the antibacteria is, again, it coats that outer portion. In bacteria, it actually stops the cellular respiration. So it stops, which is the way that the bacteria is now making energy and able to survive. It basically starves it of its own energy source, and now the bacteria dies off. Mm. So not only that, but same way it does with a virus, working its way through the outer coating, it gets in there, punches holes, but now the bacterial cell lyses. When it lyses, that means the cell wall breaks down and it just dissolves and comes completely apart. So a mm. pathogenic bacteria is completely lysed and then releases its contents, it's dead, it can't do any harm anymore. Now with fungus, again, similar, most fungi have sulfur in their outer cell wall. That's what gives a lot of fungi that yellowish color. And so silver has an affinity for sulfur. So silver loves sulfur, it's bound to it. And that's also partly how the body gets rid of silver when it's done using it, is by forming silver sulfide bonds in the liver, uh, glutathione dependent phase two liver detoxification. So antiviral, antibacterial, um, so important in how it comes apart and it tears these things apart, whether we're talking about the, even, you know, the parasites that you mentioned, same way it's going to attach to the outer portion and start breaking down those cell walls. Uh, but somehow it doesn't break down the cell wall of our cells? Our normal cells have this onboard antioxidant system, which now protects it. And this is something uh, we'll get into here in just a minute, is the importance of a positive charge when it comes to a silver. So a positive charge particles, most pathogenic bacteria, most biofilms, which are how bacteria become antibiotic resistant have a slight negative charge. So the slight positive charge of silver is drawn to that slight negative charge of the pathogenic bacteria, pathogenic fungus, pathogenic virus, and that's how it is differentiating. Now, I'm not saying it's not going to kill any of the normal bacteria, but it's going to focus on the pathogenic bacteria. And that's the importance of silver here in our GI health. Now, silver also has this anti-proliferative mechanism. If silver can get to something that is growing abnormally, silver can stop the proliferation. So now I want to clarify is I'm not saying that silver can cure cancer. That's what I'm saying here with the anti-proliferative, but it will slow down the proliferation or even stop proliferation and spread of abnormal cells. So again, I'm not saying it cures cancer, but I wouldn't want to be without silver if I had cancer. So I'd there was that research it. done showing silver next to cancer cells and how it inhibited their growth, right? Exactly. Um, there's a study showing silver being highly cytotoxic to triple negative breast cancer cells, mm. uh, which is pretty amazing. Um, they're also using it a lot in the mouth when we're talking about oral type cancers. I would use it definitely on surface, like on a topical cancer too. So any skin cancers, I would definitely be using it. 
um, to stop the proliferation, stop the spread, and even support the wound healing after, even if you're getting something removed, is support it with silver. So that leads me into a little bit of even the neurological impact. So silver is so important in the peripheral nervous system. So the peripheral nervous system has a lot of myelin tissue. There are actually two key receptor sites on the myelin sheath for silver. So if our body has these receptors for silver, why isn't silver considered an essential mineral? Which is kind of fascinating, but silver is not considered by the FDA to be essential, meaning necessary for life. So it's, can we live without silver? I think we could, but I wouldn't want to. Silver is so beneficial with this peripheral nervous system, anything in the periphery, absolutely amazing. Even central nervous system, I believe it can support. Um, so, so how does it help the nervous system? It pro provide, uh, provides support or protects the myelin sheath? It actually helps with the regrowing of the myelin sheath. Okay. So it actually supports the myelin sheath. And even think about silver in our technology, silver in our cell phones, silver in our computers. Inside on that circuit board is silver solder and silver wiring. We use it in electronics because of the high electrical conductivity. So now same thing, we are chemoelectrical beings. So our endocrine system is our chemo, our chemistry side. And our nervous system is our electrical side. So by supporting the electrical conduction of our normal nervous system, silver is supporting all the peripheral nerves. So I would definitely use it in any type of peripheral nervous condition. Yeah. Which conditions yeah. have you seen? Think about like a diabetic neuropathy. Okay. Using silver topically even to heal up diabetic wounds. Um, and that's kind of where I'm going next year is into the wound healing aspect. And I kind of referred to this a little bit. Hippocrates talked about wound healing. Has it been shown to help with neurodegenerative conditions? You know, I haven't seen a study for that, but I would love to. Uh, that might be my next deep dive is into the neurodegenerative conditions. I would definitely use it uh, in that type of case. Um, but definitely anything topical. And I I'm, I'm going to share a quick story when we're talking about nervous tissue. Um, so this kind of goes into my next point too, the uh, regeneration and healing aspect. I know of another doctor whose son at eight years old lost the tip of his middle finger, regrew it, fingerprint, fingernail, everything using silver dressings. So I know of a doctor that did this. I'm not going to mention any names and it was an eight-year-old. So um, I have seen the evidence and she wrote it up as a research paper. It was actually, I believe, part of her doctoral thesis, how silver improved the wound healing. They act because it was an eight-year-old, he also had his fingerprints done. We were worried about kidnapping and things like that. They re-fingerprinted him after the finger grew back, identical fingerprint. So <laughs> absolutely amazing. I think I think it's just incredible. And I I love hearing her tell the story of it. So uh, maybe that's another story to have on sometime. She's absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, but How do you think it helps with wound healing? So with wound healing, I really truly believe, first of all, it's the antimicrobial effect. So you're stopping any bacteria from getting in there. But silver promotes the de-differentiation and re-differentiation of the tissue in the area. So it's slowing the fibroblasts, which are what's causing scar tissue, while promoting stem cell growth in the area. So it's stem cell migration to the area. And that's also now back to that cytokine, we're also modulating the cytokines. So we're decreasing the inflammation, we're supporting de-differentiation, re-differentiation of the fibroblasts, the migration of the stem cells and the antimicrobial. Now let's jump back to that electrical point. Think about when we cut open skin, if we've got this chasm of a wound, either side can't communicate because the electro electricity has been cut off. Silver and its electrical conductivity now allows it to communicate and allows that migration, allows the electrical communication and speeds up that wound healing. So I think there's so many pieces here that all come together. It's hard to point out just one aspect of how it can do so many things. Mm, so beautiful. absolutely amazing. 
And so when I'm talking about silver, and one of the things people worry about is the buildup of silver in their body. Um, people may have heard, and I'll, I'll talk about this here in just a minute, but this condition called argyria, which is the bluing or graying of the skin. Um, there was a guy several years ago who came out and um, they called him Papa Smurf. He had this bluish grayish skin, but he was making his own silver at home. Mm -hmm. So this is where I'm going to talk about quality of silver being important. He was making his own at home. He was drinking multiple liters per day, as well as rubbing it on his skin. So of course he's going to get too much and cause some effects. Now there was no, uh, no negative effects. It was simply an aesthetic. So it just turned him kind of bluish grayish, but didn't really harm him any other way. I believe he died of natural causes, uh, years later. Um, but Silver taking, again, in the right form, the right amount, the right size particles is easily eliminated from the body. So taking it in, um, when you're taking it as a supplement, I always recommend that people swish it in their mouth because of the mucosal associated lymph tissue in your mouth, as well as the capillaries under your tongue being the closest to the surface. So you're getting immediate absorption to go systemically. So now think about in the bloodstream, in the lymphatics, ultimately making its way back to the liver where it's now detoxified. So silver works its way through the blood and the lymph. We now, it does its job. It supports the white blood cells. It supports healing. It supports immunity. It's going after those bacteria that are in our body. Um, even in a small enough particle size, silver can cross the blood brain barrier. So how about supporting any neurological type things, any spinal type issues, any spinal type infections? Same idea, again, in the correct form or correct particle size. And that's what's so important here. Now, working its way through the body, if silver can cross the blood-brain barrier in, it's also gonna make its way back out. So it's not there's not a fear of it building up in the brain, in the central nervous system, but it's gonna make its way, ultimately, everything makes its way back to the liver. The liver is one of the most amazing organs of the body. And this is where silver now with glutathione dependent phase two liver detoxification binds to that sulfur. Remember I talked about that silver sulfur affinity. This is how we also get rid of silver. Silver binds to sulfur and now we get silver sulfide bonds that are now bigger and now eliminated through our solid waste. Within about three hours, we start eliminating silver from our body. And in about six to nine hours is peak excretion and again, in the correct form, the correct amount, the correct particle size, almost 100% elimination within about 24 hours. So silver gets in, does the job, and gets out within about 24 hours. Now, because of this liver metabolism, are we worried about it affecting the liver? Silver, ingesting safe levels of silver, does not affect the liver's ability to metabolize or excrete other supplements or medications. Now, with that being said, I do want to mention that sulfur again. If it is a sulfur-containing supplement, MSM, glutathione, if it is a sulfur-containing medication, uh, some of the older antibiotics are sulfur-based. Take silver and sulfur-containing things away from each other. If you've got a diet, um, I would say at least three hours apart. Uh, I, two to three hours, I think, is relatively safe to take them apart from each other. And it's not that they're going to have a bad interaction or a side effect. It's just going to, because of that silver sulfide bond, it's going to reduce the potency of the silver, but also reduce the supplement or the medication. So also think about foods here while we're, think about onions, garlic, eggs, cruciferous vegetables are high in sulfurs. So take silver away from those things, or you'll just lose the efficacy because of that sulfur bond that's happening. So... I mentioned the Argyria. Let's talk about the myths that happen here around silver. So Argyria is the big one. So silver is this rare benign, again, does not cause any damage. It's completely benign of this bluish grayish of the skin. So I compare it to, it's almost like tattooing your skin from the inside out. So when you're getting a tattoo, you're injecting ink underneath the skin. But when you take silver, larger particles, so either a silver salt or a silver protein. Some companies that sell silver in high concentrations, in order to keep them stable, it's gotta be a silver salt or a silver protein. 
but this makes the particles bigger. That's where the danger comes in. So like the tattooing, think about you're going from an artery down to an arterial into the capillaries. Now those big particles get trapped under the skin. Now you go outside and silver reacts with sunlight. So if you're anybody that's familiar with photo developing, silver nitrate was used in developing photos. And that's what's happening is it reacts with the light and that's what developed photos, but that's also what causes this bluish grayish of the skin. So that's why it's so important to have this 10 part per million, 23 part per million silver, lower dose, but frequent doses to get the most effective. So what I'm gonna talk about right now is the lowest observed adverse event level. So the lowest observed adverse event level or this argyria happening happens at about 980 micrograms. That's the lowest observed ever level. Now, if you're taking a 23 part per million silver, that's 115 micrograms. So that's like a 10th of this dangerous level. So taking it repeated dosings throughout the day, you can you should not fear the cause of this bluish grayish of the skin. Taking a 10 part per million is even lower. I'm willing to take a 10 part per million multiple times throughout the day. When I'm not feeling well, I'm spraying it in my nose, I'm spraying it in my mouth, I'm nebulizing it. And I'll talk more about some of these treatments here in just a little bit too. But What's really important with silver is this low dose, but frequent dosing. That's where you're going to get the benefits. Because think about you're killing off the bacteria or killing off the virus that it comes in contact with. Keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. You want to get ahead of the replication curve, especially when we're talking about a viral replication curve. Or bacteria. What the frequency that works well? Uh, frequency, um, when you're not feeling well, like with, a, with cold symptoms, I would do every couple of hours. So every one to three hours, um, when I'm not feeling well, I'm literally doing this every 15 minutes, every half hour, every hour, that repeat dosing. I feel like I can't get enough. Um, yeah, actually I have a story because um, the person that kind of introduced me to Silver um, is, you know, from a company that sells the product Argentin 23. So um, I met him at an anti-aging conference. So, but then I was just coming down with a cold. Here I have a four-day, you know, big conference to go through. And it was huge bummer, right? In Las Vegas, in the Nishan Hotel. So he said, here, here's a silver, here's a spray. Here's the, you know, the, you can spray into your eye. You have the nasal spray. And then you have the liquid form that you can hold under your tongue. He said, do this every 15 minutes yeah. when you can. So I did that that afternoon. I, I was I tried as much as I could every 15 minutes. And I remember next morning when I woke up, of course, I didn't do that much overnight. I slept. Next right. morning when I woke up, I was completely free of symptoms. I yeah. was, you know, fresh as new. I, so that was what, um, you know, really, yeah, I've never had that happen to me. You know, when you're coming yeah. down with a cold, you are waiting for it to take, you know, at least, you know, take you out for a few days. At least 24 to 48 hours, right? We're expecting that being sick. Yeah. Yeah, but it's amazing. And I said at the beginning is, you know, I worked as a nutritional health coach. And when I was working around people in stores, it was, you're talking to people that who comes to the health store? Usually it's when they're sick, they're looking for something that can help them get better. I'd come in and be talking to people. They're like, oh, what do I take? I feel awful. I'm like, well, first of all, get away from me. You're sick. <laughs> but anytime I was around people like that, I would do the nasal spray. And mm. something I like to talk about and this is interesting, even over the last several years, we talked so much about hand washing. Mm -hmm. And why do we worry about washing our hands so much when we're out in the public and we've been around people, we wash our hands all the time. Why don't we wash our noses? Mm -hmm. That's a nasal spray. Rinse your nose out because you're breathing the same air that sick mm -hmm. people are. Mm -hmm. So use a nasal spray or that fine mist spray in your mouth, wash your mouth, wash your nose as often as you wash your hands or even more so than you wash your hands, wash your nose. So it's definitely during cold and flu season, during allergy season, silver, a mist into the nose can help to thin mucus, get the things out. Why do we sneeze? Why does our nose run? Because we're trying, the mucus we're producing is trying to get the pathogens out. So we do it to thin the mucus and get it moving because you want it to come out of the body. Mm -hmm. So pretty amazing there. 
Let yeah. me jump into the next myth here of silver being a heavy metal. And I kind of talk about this with dentistry is there are dangerous metals. We know about lead, mercury, cadmium, tin, nickel, aluminum being dangerous. But there's a lot of metals that we need. How about magnesium is a heavy metal. Iron's a heavy metal. Copper's a heavy metal. But they're all things that we need in our body. Silver falls into that category of being a beneficial metal as opposed to a toxic metal. So that's what scares a lot of people away is that toxic aspect. And that fear, again, because of the dentistry that I mentioned earlier, the amalgam fillings, because mercury was silver in color versus silver that is silver in color of the, it's, again, it got a bad reputation. So the, the last myth I kind of talked about a little bit is I often hear people talk about silver as nature's antibiotic. And I hate that. I hate it when they say that because literally antibiotic means against life. It means you're killing everything. You're killing indiscriminately. When you take an antibiotic, you're killing off bad bacteria, but you're also taking a lot of the good bacteria with it. So that's the importance. Silver is not an antibacterial or an antibiotic, but an antimicrobial. So we're killing off those harmful microbes as opposed to all bacteria. So even with up to 2000 times the EPA oral reference dose, the gut microbiome biodiversity is not impacted. So that's really important about silver versus the antibiotic where all the benefits of killing off the negative bacteria but without killing off everything else. But again, anytime you're sick and you're doing silver, you're doing antibiotics, you should always do a probiotic and support gut health as well. So very important there. So those big three myths, I think it, we just covered. So how about this now? How do we use silver? That's my favorite thing and where I go to every day. And you just mentioned the immune support. Is immune a seasonal thing? I don't think so. We talk about a cold and flu season, but isn't, there are always bacteria. There are always pathogens around us, but why do we have this cold and flu season? Oftentimes it's because what happens? Well, it happens usually in the fall into the winter, but what also happens is we go inside more. We're around more people. We're breathing that we're rebreathing the same air. No vitamin D because we're not outside in the sunlight. So there's a lot of aspects that creates this cold and flu season, but immunity should happen all the time. We're always exposed to pathogens. So supporting your normal immune system. So you mentioned taking silver every 15 minutes, every half hour when you're not feeling well, but how about on a daily basis of taking a teaspoon to three teaspoons per day to support the white blood cells, to kill off those pathogens that we're exposed to. Now I talked about point of foci. How about silver nitrate? We just talked about that with babies. So safe that you can put it in a baby's eye. Why not put it in your eye if you got a little something going on in your eye that needs healing? Or how about even a blocked tear duct, like a blepharitis? Why not support the healing? Decrease the inflammation, support the healing going on in the eyes. How about ear health? How many kids have ear infections? Well, first of all, start with removing the things that cause the ear infection. Sugar, dairy, gluten are the big three that cause ear infections in kids, but treat the ear infection with silver. So filling up the ear canal and holding it there for about five minutes. Always do. I always do bilateral because again, the eustachian tube bacteria can travel all over the place. Kids are touching things all the time. So definitely ear health is amazing. Uh, nasal health. You mentioned the nasal spray. I love doing a nasal spray. So nasal spray, you're getting it up into the nose. Um, but something else great to do, and this is, I always warn people when I'm talking about this. I actually literally just did this over the last couple of days because I was starting to have some sinus stuff going on. Lay on a bed with your head slightly declined or lay on a table in an office, head slightly declined, and you've used a neti pot before. This is the ultimate neti pot. So lay with your head down, breathe through your mouth and a dropper full up each nostril. Okay. It feels a little bit like you've been in a swimming pool and like you accidentally got a little water up there. It's mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable, but I could not believe how much my sinuses cleared up doing it two days in a row. Mm. So 
absolutely amazing. But I definitely recommend any doctor that is going to recommend this, try it on yourself before you try it on any of anybody else so you can explain. My eyes watered up and it, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> Next thing I want to talk about is respiratory health. So I'm talking about the nose, spraying it in, getting it in the sinuses, but a nebulizer, putting a teaspoon of silver into a nebulizer and getting it into the lungs. How many people do you know with that chronic cough that won't go away? That chronic cough, thin that mucus, get it out, and also healing regeneration that we're talking about with silver. So absolutely amazing to support oral health as well as nasal health. Think about the whole pharynx that's going on there. Nasal, oral, laryngo, pharynx, you're breathing in that the nebulized particles and getting it deep into your lungs. Mm-hmm. Mouth and gum health. Health Canada. Canada recognizes silver for oral health. So Health Canada recognizes it as a mineral essential for health and uses silver in the mouth as an oral mouth rinse. So like you'd use any other Listerine or a mouthwash, why not use silver? Because of that antimicrobial. There are actually five bacteria, the, they call them the red complex, that can go systemically. So we talk about GI health, but you know where your GI tract starts? In your mouth. Why do we separate our mouth so much from the rest of our health system? Our mouth is the opening to anything that's going into our body. So we should support oral health. So rinsing with your mouth, absolutely amazing. Throat health, spraying it in the back of the throat, gargling with silver if you got that tickle. Stomach health, how about that stomach bug? Doing a teaspoon to a tablespoon to even an ounce every 15 minutes, every half hour until that goes away. Intestinal health, this is, I think, one of my absolute favorite things um, is taking one ounce, so two tablespoons equals an ounce, one ounce of silver, along with one ounce of aloe vera juice, always organic, anytime you can. Mix them together right before 30 to 45 minutes before meals, three times a day, drink it right down. The aloe helps get silver past the stomach and into the intestines. Heal up the intestines, support the entire body. So very important. Now, anytime you're doing this gut health protocol, again, two weeks to eight weeks, I generally as a naturopath tell people for every year you've been sick, it takes at least a month of very good, very clean diet to come back from that. So let's say you're 40 years old, think, and you've been sick your entire life, you're gonna need 40 months of treatment. So it's not gonna happen overnight. You need to be patient with it, support your health. But healing up the gut, two to eight weeks, that gut turnover, that gut tissue heals up pretty quickly. But in two to eight weeks, heal up the GI tract. Mm-hmm. Think about female health. Up to three ounces held internally for about 20 minutes, multiple times throughout the day, support vaginal health. We mentioned the traveling aspect uh, of getting sick at a conference. I take my silver nasal spray everywhere with me, spray it in my nose before I get on the plane, when I'm on the plane, after I get off the plane, when I get to the hotel room, sometimes I take my nasal spray bottle and spray it all over the bed. I mist my whole room with it before climbing into bed at night. And then skin health. And this is where we're getting to the anti-aging aspect. I mentioned the healing and regeneration and Hippocrates talking about for wound healing, not even just wound healing, but how about the micro abrasions that happen to your face? How about that happen after shaving? those microabrasions. How about dry skin and those microabrasions? Adding it to your skincare routine as well as a first aid, very important to use it all over the place. And now I mentioned even the dental aspects. How about bad breath, halitosis, bacteria? How about periodontal health? I ran into somebody at a dental conference, came up to me and said, wow, I love you guys. I'm like, great, I love silver. Well, I had a patient come to me. She had seven millimeter pockets in her gums, came back about three to four months later, and they went from sevens down to threes and fours. Oh my gosh, what did you do? I've been swishing this silver two to three times a day. And again, healing and regeneration. We're now healing up the mouth. Again, the gateway for all pathogens. What is periodontal disease? 
bleeding gums, we got blood coming out. That means pathogens can get in systemically. Heal up the gum, heal up the GI tract, heal up the entire body. So you can see I'm so passionate about silver and just how absolutely amazing it is. You know, I'm just curious, how does the silver, I mean, how does it know not to attack the, the probiotics, the good bacteria in our body? Why is it only targeting the bad? Yeah, well, this I kind of referred back to this a little bit, is that it's this positive charge that I'm about to talk about. So the mm. positive charge of a silver particle is drawn to the slight negative of most of the pathogenic bacteria. Mm. So that's kind of the difference that's going on here. So that slight positive drawn to that slight negative, especially those biofilms and this methicillin, like MRSA, methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, silver has been shown effective at killing MRSA in under three minutes. 99.99% of MRSA in under three minutes. <laughs> Antibiotics can't kill it, but silver can. So also silver can be beneficial. There was actually a study done earlier this year. So it was January of this year uh, with the University of Florida adding silver nanoparticles to aminoglycoside antibiotics, and it improved the outcomes in antibiotic-resistant bacterial patients. Mm-hmm. So pretty amazing that this thing that is thousands of years old, that's all over the planet, that's in from natural spring waters to breast milk, it's passed down from mother to child in breast milk. All mammalian milks contain a little bit of silver in them. Mm, yeah. Passed down from mother to child, we know about how amazing breast milk is in the colostrum and just supporting the health of an infant whether we're talking humans or other mammals, but that silver that's being passed down as well, very important in supporting overall health. Yeah. And there are a lot of silver products out on the market, right? So um, so when I got um, in contact with the company that pr- produced Argentin 23, and there the 23 stands for the 23 parts per million, right? So it's right. a very, very small fraction. And I was given the uh, a research article basically stating that this type of product is 37 times as powerful as vancomycin. Yeah. Um, that was that was something that kind of blew my mind. Um, but I'm sure not all the silver products are the same. People say, oh, yeah, I have silver products. I have colloidal silver. So maybe you can talk a little bit about what is colloidal silver and what, what are the other types of silver yeah. And what was the most beneficial? I think that's what's important here. And again, I talked about a little bit about size of particles. So how about let's go, let's go very easy and something that people can remember and something easy to remember, four Ps. Okay, so letter P four times. Purity, particle size, parts per million, and positive charge. Mm-hmm. So let's start out with the purity. You want a silver it is silver. It is what it says it is. So silver, a colloidal silver, a nanoparticle silver, a silver hydrosol, there's many different terms. A silver hydrosol is going to be the smallest particles, but you want purity. That's important. It should be clear. If you're taking a silver product, it should be clear because it's just water and silver. If it's not clear, what's happening is the particles are too big so you're getting light refraction, or there's an impurity in either the silver or the water. So there's where the impurities happen. So you want a silver that is as close to pure water as possible. You want the ultra refinement of silver. So 99.999. So you talk about Argentin 23, which is my favorite silver out there, is Argentin 23. Um, Also sovereign silver is 10 parts per million is the retail side you can find at many natural stores. But Argentin 23, you can get from practitioners, again, going from a 10 part per million that I mentioned earlier to the 23 part per million at a stronger dose. So that part of that purity, two ingredients in Argentin 23, 99.999, there's five nines pure silver, along with actually USP 24 injectable grade ultra purified water. So that's how purified it is from, oh, I, I believe it's ozonated. It is, um, they use ultraviolet light, ultra filtration multiple times. 
And it's this amazing process to purify the water. So silver and water should be all it is. So ultimately pure. Next one is going to be particle size. Again, the smaller the particle, and this is a difference, and a lot of people don't necessarily understand the difference between a colloidal silver and a hydrosol silver. So the importance here is a colloid. So a colloid, back to chemistry, sorry if I scared anybody out there, the chemistry class, a colloid are particles of different size evenly distributed in a liquid. So what's happening, if we imagine a colloid being this big, or like a gravel size, but now you go from being this big, only the outer portion, the surface that comes into contact is active. So by going from this size down to this size, like gravel down to sand, you're increasing the surface area. Increase the surface area, you increase the absorption, you increase the effectiveness. So you're getting almost 100% absorption, almost 100% effective silver. Now, once you've got that purity, that particle size, now you get into that parts per million. You can go lower parts per million and be more effective than higher parts per million. Because when you look at those, maybe it has 400 parts per million. I've even seen one as high as 4,000 parts per million. That's huge. Is it a silver salt, which makes it a bigger particle size? Is it a silver protein, which makes it a bigger particle size? Or are they nanoparticles? Are they nicely evenly distributed? Are they clumping back together? Just because it has more silver in it doesn't mean it's safe or effective, okay? So the purity, the particle size, the parts per million, the last P is that positive charge. So positive charge, again, I'm gonna take it back to school again, physics, ooh, it's scary, right? Physics, like charges, repel each other. So in a product like Argentin 23 has an over 98% positive charge. That means that the particles are going to repel each other. They're not going to come back together and conglomerate and make larger particles. So it stays at small particle size like it claims and like it says that it is. So that's what's so important about these four P's. The other thing about that P, that positive charge, is from that positive charge silver particle is drawn to that slightly negative charge pathogenic bacteria. That sulfur that's drawn to silver-sulfur affinity. That biofilm that protects that bacteria, but silver can work its way through. So very important, those four Ps, purity, particle size, parts per million, positive charge. If you take away anything from this whole conversation, that's what you want to ask when you're talking about any silver product out there. Back to that purity for a minute. You also always want to be in a glass bottle. Mm. Amber glass bottle, you want to protect from the sunlight. Back to that silver being photoreactive. Mm -hmm. So very important to always be in glass anytime you can. And so, again, we just mentioned my favorite ones out there are Genton 23, Sovereign Silver are the two of my favorite made by the same company. It's just one is available retail. The other one is through your practitioner. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's a great explanation. Uh, very, very helpful. I think people are going to have a lot of fun utilizing this, uh, this, uh, uh, you know, important mineral. And thank you for so, you know, for going through the whole science and history and all the usages. Um, seems like I'm sure new applications are, de are developed every day. It, it sounds like that's how broad it can be. It's got so many uses from that antimicrobial to the wound healing. Where don't we have bacteria? You know, think about using it topically. Use it on wounds. Use it on your face. Um, I actually, I had a pimple not too long ago and I started putting silver on my face and healed it up amazingly. I couldn't believe how quickly. But with a big one, I like always going back to, and this is where my story began here, is with that GI health, with the ulcerative colitis, that GI protocol. One ounce of silver with one ounce of aloe three times a day before meals to support intestinal health. You want to support the healing of the GI tract. And then finally, that good probiotic at night with that protocol. So from topical healing to internal healing to everywhere in between, eyes, ears, nose, mouth, where do you want to put it? Silver is the way to do it. The silver bullet. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah.
<laughs> Wonderful. Thank you so much, Dr. Griffin. So I know I'm going to invite you back because there's another very important mineral that we're going to talk about, uh, actually produced by the same company, and this is copper. So so I'm really excited that uh, when that, um, you know, that conversation comes along. But um, this is really important. And um, I hope people are having fun listening to you going through, you know, all the history and science and then our, you know, light bulbs are going off. And so they can start utilizing this uh, very, you know, uh, versatile mineral and, um, and you know, get, of course, get it from good source. So we're going to put in the show note the, um, you know, the link to uh, where to purchase Sovereign Silver and Argentin 23. And um, yeah, and where can people learn more from you since you're so passionate about education? I'm so passionate about education. Um, we're, I, I'm actually working towards writing a book right now. So I'm oh, hoping to wonderful. put out a book, talk a little bit about my life, and I'll go into my story a little bit more in depth, as well as my ideas behind healing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, there's some YouTubes out there that we've done. Um, I actually occasionally do work with others, and we've done some videos. But uh, keep your eyes out. I'll be out there out in the world at the next trade show. Uh, I believe I'm going to be at A4M in December. Uh, I, I hopefully we'll see you there. Right. Uh, I'll Perfect. try the best. <laughs> Out there in the world, um, you can reach me uh, at, it's, it's just my full name, Griffin at gmail.com. Beautiful. Thank you, Dr. Griffin. It's such a pleasure and really appreciate you shedding light on uh, Silver for us. Thank you very much for having me today, Joy. It's been such a pleasure and uh, I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Absolutely. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to this episode. Hope you enjoyed the content. And if so, please rate and follow this podcast. To reach me, you can contact Uplift Longevity Center. That is Uplift with a Y. You can also subscribe to my YouTube channel, Joy Kong MD. See you next time.